Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. It is July. We just got through 4th of July, and I had an amazing 4th of July. I always host a big bash here at my house, 100 guests or more, and we put on a professional fireworks show. It actually looks somewhat like Disney over my house for about two hours on the evening of July 4th, and I love it. I, uh, I've found that as the years go by, I I have less and less of a desire to be a slave to Hallmark. So all of these really forced holidays, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, I don't know, Secretary's Day, whatever it is, I start getting ugly feelings about them. And I, I hate the pressure of it's a day, you have to give a card, you got to do things. And it's not that I don't want to give gifts, because I do. I just want to do it on my own terms. Um, I had, for example... I now travel for (laughs) two of my very special holidays, we'll say. So my birthday now is relegated to um, the Buffalo Marathon. I was born on Memorial Day, and my birthday, it's May 27th. It always seems to fall around Memorial Day. Well, from now on, I'm going to be at the Buffalo Marathon on Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, it's interesting watching my kids. And my kids are cool because I've trained them to be. But they're worried like, oh, you're going to be gone on your birthday. Well, A, let's, let's... start with the fact that what cooler thing to do on my birthday would I have than hosting thousands of runners through a beautiful city in America, celebrating these, you know, athletic accomplishments. It's such a fun thing for me to do. So I don't know what you guys are doing on your birthday. That's so great. But usually, (laughs) I don't know. I don't have anything cooler than hosting a marathon to do on my birthday. So uh, you know, people tend to be like, oh, you have to work. No, I get to work. I have the great privilege of being a working American and doing a job I love and making an income doing something I think is valuable. So yay for that on my birthday. And then on Mother's Day, I'm committed to the Ann Arbor Goddess 5K in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is not only a really wonderful 5K through the city of uh, Ann Arbor, but it's to celebrate and raise funds and awareness for ovarian cancer. What a great opportunity. I spend the morning with some of the best people on the planet. My hotties come to visit me. I get to support women that are being treated at the moment, and uh, hopefully many of them have been have survived the disease. So I, I, I'm fine with it. I think it's a great place to spend my holidays, and um, but other people tend to make a big deal of it. I just really, Hallmark... Uh, to hell with you. That's not very nice, but Hallmark's a great American company, but I don't want to be forced. You know, it's donut day. I'm not eating donuts and donut day. I'm not eating fried cake. You can't make me. So with my kids, I've told them, listen, uh, we can celebrate each other on Other's Day. My birthday, we don't have to celebrate it on May 27th. We can celebrate it on May 30th or May 24th. And Mother's Day can be any day of the year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so we're going with that. We also, here's the other thing. We don't celebrate or tend to harp on slash acknowledge slash bemoan death days. You know, when someone you die, someone you love died on, I don't know, we'll say uh, August 22nd. In my mind, that person's gone every day of the year because they're also gone on October on August 22nd doesn't mean it's a more sad day. If you're without someone... You're without someone, and that's hard, but I don't think the anniversary of their death is something where everyone needs to shut the doors and close the windows and hide inside and cry. The moral of the story is I'm not <laughs> not victimized or enslaved by dates. So um, 4th of July, though, what a great day. You don't have to buy cards. You don't have to have the pressure. It's just a day if you choose to celebrate freedom, our country, our liberties, all the men and women who have sacrificed so much for us to be here in this beautiful land full of amazing opportunities. So I really like those kind of days. No pressure. It's just fun. Halloween to me is also a similar type of holiday. You just have fun. So 
Uh, I really enjoy the 4th of July party, and, and we open it up to most folks. And with digital stuff now, I love being able to just invite people via text and Facebook and email via Evite and not having to hand write out those invitations. Remember doing that? Do you remember having the right like date, location, and you put in your full address and the time and God forbid you're hosting a really big party, your knuckles will get sore trying to write these invitations out and get them delivered. So thank you technology for that. But the party was extraordinary and it's a bring a dish and it's it's really cute because People tend to try and bring healthier choices than they would have for other party hosts. So um, I see a lot of baked potato chips come through my door and fruit platters and veggie trays and even people that are making these elaborate appetizer type dishes, um, Southwest chicken egg rolls, still come in and tell me, well, I made that with low-fat cheese. So it's really sweet and I do have some of the best friends in the world. I wish you all could have come. I wish all of you could have been here. Because it was, it was really fun. But we start at 4 and um, grilling out back and it's 92 degrees outside. And so most places, I don't think people would like that. But people are invited to stay in my house, which I cool. Uh, I, I think I put the AC down at 65 that day just to try and keep it as cool as possible. But I, lots of people sitting out on the back porch, 92 degree heat. There's a barbecue with lots of smoke coming off it. And I was just cool with that. It's nice to be um, part of the swamp. We just have acclimated and, you know, we make do. And then everybody goes out front for the fireworks. And it's pretty fantastic. So anyways, I hope you guys had a fantastic 4th of July too. The rest of my summer has been great. I've been doing some paddle boarding, lots of hiking, lots of taking my dogs for a walk, taking my kids swimming, just getting outside and enjoying the sticky heat as I love. I had a wonderful time hosting the... Uh, Epic Battle at Sea on the USS Texas in Houston, Texas a couple of weeks ago. We actually had, we were a bit victimized by thunderstorms, so we had to alter some plans out there, but the, the event was incredible, and I believe we'll be back in California very soon hosting another Battle at Sea on another fantastic decommissioned naval ship. And then immediately after that, I flew to Tennessee and Virginia, where I one of my largest morning mile sponsors, Mountain State Health Alliance and Nice Wonger Children's Hospital, um, they were hosting a golf classic, uh, which all the proceeds go towards funding the Nice Wonger Children's Hospital and some of the special patients and items they need. But they, uh, they live auctioned off morning mile sponsorships, and we were able to raise enough funds to sponsor 61 more mile, morning mile programs in that area. So... That makes Mountain State Health Alliance and uh, Nice Wonger Children's Hospital my largest sponsors ever, totaling 126 schools so far. So I'm elated to be able to make such a dramatic impact on the children in those areas because, you know, where some of the kids ha are from families with means, many of these children, you know, I'll drive through those areas and all the billboards are either for childhood obesity uh, diabetes or uh, child hunger. And so it's an interesting combination, but they need this support with their lifestyle issues, and I'm happy to be that support. So very exciting. It's been a, a great summer so far, and we have a lot more to accomplish. I'm headed to Los Angeles to work with the LA Leggers in a couple of weeks and train them on becoming well-rounded runners from the start. So I'm really looking forward to that. Today, I'm going to do some question and answer type um, yeah, we're doing questions and answers. You got questions, I got answers. And we're going to start with the first. I've addressed this on my Hottie page, which is a Hottie Body Fitness Challenge. If you're unaware, head over to that group on Facebook, Hottie Body Fitness Challenge, where I help folks eat wisely and guide them through daily workouts. You're welcome to join. It's free. Um, but Mel Bishop, one of my Remember, she posted yesterday, she said, Fitz, I've gone from a size 14, 16 to a 6. When is it safe to get rid of my old clothes that I've shrunken out of? And my answer is immediately. In fact, do it yesterday because those bigger clothes are never going to be of use to you again. And this is something I want you to all understand. Keeping the bigger clothes, say you really like the skirt or the big the jacket, whatever it is, 
Keeping those clothes around is the equivalent of a recovering alcoholic keeping bottles of liquor and cans of beer in the cabinet just in case he decides not to be sober again. You have committed to being leaner and committed to being fitter, and that is that. Going back and fitting into those clothes anymore are not an option. So you need to get them out, get them together, you need to donate them as quickly as possible. You can donate them to one of our other fitness friends, another hottie, who maybe you're growing out of size 36 fancy belt, and maybe there's some guy who is, you know, just getting into a 36, and he's really excited about that weight. So maybe you send him your belt, or you're going to send your size 10 jeans off to another person who's excited to be in a size 10 right now. They're on their way down, but do not keep them, period. And, you know, it's interesting. I had an old client, Jody, who I loved. She owns a gymnastics school, and she was someone interesting because she trained. She wanted to lose a bunch of weight. I think her goal at the time was to lose about 35 pounds. And she was coming in to train, but only once a week. This is when I used to do personal training. And she was just not very committed. And we had a talk one day. I, I just thought she needed the kick in the can. I said, you know what, Jody? You own a fitness center. Maybe focused on gymnastics, but it's a fitness center. And you're the face of this fitness center. You need to walk the walk. When people walk in and meet you as the owner of this gymnastics school, you have to look the part. Now, I'm not suggesting you need to be able to go and do, you know, triple flips on the balance beam, but you have to look like a fit girl or nobody's going to buy off on that. And it resonated with her and she, she committed. That's when she changed her eating habits, adopted the exact formula for weight loss and really started pursuing exercise and fitness. And so she lost all the weight. And I remember her coming in complaining about she loved this skirt. The skirt was three sizes too big for her, but she loved this skirt. I said, Jody, they make more skirts. Trust me, I think you're going to like your new size six favorite skirt much more than you liked your 12. So get rid of it. It's just a skirt. They make more. It's just a jacket. They make more. The only thing that I'd like you to keep is if you have that one item, say it was huge, that one item you used to wear as your comfort gear, say you were, you know, 70 pounds bigger and you were wearing that item, you know, the before and after pictures are pretty spectacular when you're 70 pounds less and you put on that old, old outfit. So, um, you get permission to keep one thing, but you got to do, you got to lose them. You know, if you start creeping back, gaining a few pounds and you have some big pants to slide into, the consequences aren't so grand. But if you get rid of all these big clothes, you start gaining a few pounds, and then you have to face that either you have to lose weight or go and buy bigger pants. Man, I, I think that's a, a poignant moment. And hopefully, at that point, you decide to stop, slam on the brakes, and go backwards and relose the weight. And I really, really like the fact that you will be hit in your bank account by the... Uh, slacker behavior when if you gain the weight back we gain the weight back so i consequences are good things they're deterrence and if you start gaining weight back weight back and you can't fit in your clothes and you got to spend money on bigger clothes i think that's a really really good consequence for um giving up on yourself and hopefully it will be a great motivator nope i'm not going to buy new pants i'm just going to figure out how to slide how to comfortably fit back into these smaller pants that i earned my way into once before so that's question number one. Uh, fits, I got some sore spots. What do you recommend for massage? So I think getting a professional massage is a really good idea. In fact, I do so on a very regular basis. However, there's a bunch of great inexpensive tools you can keep around the house to do self-massage on yourself. And so we're all familiar with the foam roller. It's just a big uh, cylinder made of foam. And there's various densities of the foam. The softer the foam, the less intense the massage. The harder the foam, the more pressure it applies. And usually what I say when you're foam rolling is when you get to that spot that takes your breath away <gasps> because it hurts, stay there. Stay there. That means you're on a good spot. You can roll, you know, everyone's rolling their legs. They're rolling their IT band. Roll your back. You can roll your lats. That's the uh, muscle underneath your armpits. Get on your side. Roll your front, roll your quads. Manipulate your body, twist and turn it in weird ways to give your arms massages. You can really go 
to town with these foam rollers. So I encourage that. And here's the deal with the IT band, because everyone says, um, oh, my IT band is injured. It hurts. Your IT band is not injured. Usually you have IT band pain because your hips are out of alignment. One hip is, is rotated forward, the other one's rotated backwards, and you're having an uneven amount of pull on that connective tissue. Your IT band is not a muscle, it's not a tendon, it's not a ligament. It's not something you readily tear while exercising. You would injure your IT band in a crush injury. So say you were in a car accident, you were T-boned and the door smashed into your thigh. You may crush your IT band, but it's just connective tissue. So the concept that you're injuring it and it's injured, that's why it's sore, it's not. It just has unusual tension pulling on it and that's why it feels bad. And so you want to try and release the tension by getting those hips back into place and um, allowing the muscles to even out and you apply pressure. That's the only way to get, you know, some sort of relief for your IT band is your hips would be in alignment, your knees would be tracking the right way, but then massage and that comes via pressure. So you can't stretch your IT band, but you can put pressure on it and that will relieve some of the pain and discomfort. So you can do that with a foam roller. There's, uh, the, as we talked about, low-density foam, high-density foam, but I have gone above and beyond, and I have gotten a big old piece of PVC piping. It is hard plastic, and it is brutal, but I like intense massage. I love intense massage. In fact, I think you've heard me say before that I have this little I'm gonna kill you mother effer song that I sing to my uh, massage therapist because I like an intense massage, but this uh, PVC pipe really does the trick. You can go to Home Depot and get yourself a two foot um, long, big, fat piece of uh, PVC piping and then you can sing the I Hate You song to me for suggesting that you get one. But it's really, it's very affordable, maybe 10 bucks and wow, it's a game changer if you like an intense massage. As well, there's a bunch of other really cool tools. So one of my favorite uh, foam rollers is called the Rolga. It's R-O-L-L-G-A. And it looks like a blue foam roller, but it's in big balls. And the balls are perhaps a size, it may be smaller than a volleyball. But imagine four uh, volleyball-sized um, blue pieces of foam all attached. And so not only can you do the basic foam rolling stuff, but I roll my, um, my spinal column in between some of the balls and it helps adjust. You know, I get that crack, which I really like. I can get my quad in between the, uh, in the big foam balls while I'm doing my legs. It's a really cool tool. I really like the Rolga. I can't remember the price of it, but none of this stuff is very expensive. And if you consider a professional massage costs you between $50 and $150 an hour, spending 30 bucks on a cool... Um, self-massage tool is certainly worth the the expense. Um, the stick is also really popular. You get handles. It's got basically beads along this big stick, and you can roll these beads up and down your legs, your shins. Someone else can do your back or your arms. Um, there's one called the Roll Flex. It's a reimagined foam roller that adapts to fit every area of your area of your body and hit just the right spots. It's it's a handheld tool flat piece of plastic, and then a beaded piece of plastic. It's it's pretty neat. And then I also use tennis balls. If you get two tennis balls and you bunch them in a man's sock, think a, or a dress sock. I'll just say a dress sock. Put two tennis balls in a dress sock, tie it at the end, and then you can, again, roll all pieces of your body. I like to roll my spinal column through the min middle of the two tennis balls. Pops things back into place, provides great pressure point therapy because it gets right in there underneath your shoulder blades or by your neck. I love the tennis balls. There's one called Tough Love. It's a very bizarre looking stick with these grippy things. They call it the Fascia Blaster. I'm checking out some of these. I grabbed them online. But, um, but get yourself some self-massage tools and even Google that. Um, you got a lot of options. Or you can just grab a friend, right? Grab a friend and say, hey, massage my back or my arms. And if you want to be romantic with the friend, that may be a good, um, like a situation starter, right? 
Hey, Frank. My neck is sore. What you got for me? Or, hey, Susie. My low back could use some rubbing. See how that works for you. My advice. <laughs> Take it or leave it. All right. So um, someone told me that their new doctor is overweight. And they were not sure they should uh, keep the new doctor because they were worried they weren't a good role model. And uh, I get that. I get that. It's almost like going to a dentist with rotten teeth. Tricky. So uh, I'll start by saying I have spent a lot of time giving presentations to physicians. And, uh, you know, fitness presentations, or I should say the medical community. Uh, San Jacinto College in Houston used to bring me in all the time to speak to their uh, staff that doctors and nurses that were teaching courses to train future doctors and nurses. And, you know, I would get maybe 25 minutes into my presentation and then I would ask them all, I'd say, folks, if I walked into this room and I was 50 pounds heavier, would you have believed me? Would you have taken me serious? They all shake their head no. Now that's, my, mind you, after I've already kind of dazzled them and convinced them that I was some sort of fitness genius, that made a lot of sense. But, you know, if I were 50 pounds heavier and were soft and squishy and looked out of shape, would you believe me? No. All right, so I am walking my walk. Are you, walk, are you walking yours? You know, when a patient comes into your room, do they believe that you know about being healthy? You know, this is one of those moments where the physicians look at themselves and go, Oy. you know, do you know how many cardiac surgeons I know that are obese? It's upsetting. It's upsetting. And so, uh, you know, there's, a, there's certainly not no value in a doctor that is overweight. You know, in fact, I've said before that you could get a fantastic fitness trainer that's overweight. Um, I remember in college when I would show up to teach classes, people were terrified of me. And then there was this woman, Lydia, and she was heavy. And Lydia's still teaching fitness, group classes, and she's still overweight. Um, but she was a fantastic instructor, and she still is a fantastic instructor. She's always been overweight, and she's always taught great classes. And, and you know, my thoughts are some people want an instructor that they can use as a role model. And then some people want an instructor they can identify with. And Lydia's identifiable. She's great at exercise. She keeps her body strong and flexible and has great endurance. She just hasn't mastered her weight or her eating habits. You know, she's not what I am. She's not the well-rounded uh, fitness expert. She's an excellent fitness instructor. But there's a difference between people who teach exercise for a living and people who do it all. And I'm the all side. So with your doctor, you know, will your doctor be able to diagnose your ailments, no matter what their waistline is? Well, hopefully, yeah. You know, hopefully you've chosen a doctor that came based off recommendations. Your friends suggested them. You've read a bunch of reviews. You know, when you come to a personal attendant like that, whether it's a massage therapist or a physical therapist or a physician, you want to get someone that's highly recommended. And so I'm, I'm hoping you chose your doctor because someone said, wow, they provided excellent care. And so be, no matter what your doctor's weight, their job is to be able to diagnose what's going on with you, right? Um, are they at all considered exercise professionals? Absolutely not. Most doctors know nothing about um, properly exercising the human body without doing damage. Are they nutritionists? Absolutely not. And that's something you need to keep in mind is doctors giving out nutrition advice unless it's the generic, hey, stick with a well-rounded, lean um, selection of foods, drink lots of water. I mean, there's the basics that everybody can go give, but I've seen doctors put people on cookie diets, which is stupid, or shakes and things. And of course, these doctors have no idea what they're doing because actual nutritionists and dietitians never put people on cookie diets or prescribe these stupid beach body shakes or these dumb weight loss pills. So you have to you have to consider what your doctor's there for. You go in with a cold, they listen to your heart, they look in your mouth, they look in your ears, they tell you, "Yeah, you've got bronchitis." They feel the pain in your abdomen and send you for scans and diagnose appendicitis. You know, it doesn't matter what that doctor's waistline comes is when it comes to that stuff. Now, where I would uh, differentiate a fit versus an unfit physician is their ability 
to help you stay on track when you deal with an exercise-related injury. And so, you know, my doctor, for example, is extremely fit. In fact, I look like olive oil compared to her. She's got these giant biceps, these giant shoulders. Oh my gosh, she is super fit. Her husband's extremely fit. So whenever I get um, injured, she understands and she works hard to get me back out on the race course or back kickboxing or back doing what I want to do. A doctor that is extremely unfit may not understand how your fitness training and your athletic performance is important to you. And so there's there's really the difference that I'm concerned about when you are having, a, especially your general physician. Is your doctor going to tell you, oh, you should never run again, even though you only have a, uh, I don't know, a sprained tendon? Or do you have a doctor that really understands why athletics and fitness is important to you and one that's going to fight to do everything he or she can to get you back on track? Um, yeah, there's a good chance a fitter doctor will understand your circumstances and be more proactive in getting you back into your sports and fitness life. So there's, there's a difference. You know, I have um, a dentist and he's a new dentist. My my old dentist, who I love dearly, he was actually killed in a car accident. So finding a new dentist was emotionally hard. Plus, I, I'm a dental phobe. I don't like the whole thing. <laughs> I don't want anyone to give me a shot in the mouth. So it was hard to find a new dentist. But this one came highly recommended by other dentists. So I thought, okay, I'll go see him. And I showed up, and he's not a fit guy, and that didn't bother me. But what bothered me is... He spoke to me, and he said, like, every other word. Uh, I was asking about something. He said, yeah, you know, like, if you get a cavity, like, we do the white, the resin, like this, and you got to brush your teeth, like, and I thought, man, he sounds dumb. He sounds really dumb. I really have a pet peeve about people who use the word like every other word, and it, that made me pause, and it bothered me. I thought, well, maybe he's just not a smart man. But then I looked around his office, and I see all these dental di diplomas, and all the other dentists were recommending him highly. And I gave him a try, and he's been fabulous. He's he's wonderful. I'm so grateful I stayed. But um, you ha you have to make the decision. Do I prefer a fitter family physician? That probably works for me because I really want someone that will have a fire lit under their butt to keep me active. But that's up to you. I'm sure whatever your doctor looks like and whatever their fitness level, they're probably still, you know, if they're a good doctor, they're able to diagnose what they need to diagnose and hopefully treat you the way you needed to be treated. So that is going to be your decision to make. Um, question is, Fitz, should I try the weird fruit they're selling at my grocery store? Absolutely. I've said it in the gym, the worst machine in the gym is the one you're not using. Variety is the spice of life when it comes to exercise because you're always challenging your body in new ways. And uh, I would say the same thing goes with a healthy category like produce. Absolutely give more variety a try. I remember going to my Publix and oh, I'm so glad I live in a place that has Publixes because Shopping truly is a pleasure at this grocery store. But um, I asked the produce manager who was roaming around doing fruit things, I said, what is ugly fruit? He said, oh, you want to try it? I said, really? He goes, yeah, you can always try anything. So he went and cut a piece of ugly fruit for me. And I had it and it looked like kind of a cross between a grapefruit and an orange, but weirder. I can't remember if I liked ugly fruit or not, but I was happy to have tried it. And so, you know, we say with produce especially, go for a variety of colors, um, fruits and vegetables. Try things that are blue, that are green, that are red. All of those come with different components of nutrition. When you go for the weird fruit, you're just getting more of that, more variety and nutrition and benefits. There's Young coconuts, sea beans, the Meyer lemon, chayote squash, kumquats, pomelos, tomatillos. There's so many different types of fruits and vegetables that many of us have never given a try to. There's white asparagus. Asparagus. Who even heard of that? So absolutely give them a go. And if your grocery store is as good as mine, 
you would be able to just give one piece a try. Have a taste within the store. So maybe you don't have to invest dollar or three dollars to buy something you you won't like at home oh the other thing that I found just a few years ago that was really really interesting I saw a bag of cotton candy grapes I thought that looks weird and I reached in and grabbed a grape and it tasted like cotton candy the the strangest thing on the planet so uh, absolutely give those things a try and you know, just like we try to get our kids, try this. No, just try it. You may like it. That's kind of the deal with being a grown-up too, especially one that's fitness-minded. The more open you are to new things, the easier it's going to be for you to achieve your ideal weight and stay there because you'll have options. Um, I have, I, I've, I've not eaten a lot of different meats in my life. I'm pretty exclusive with the ones I do eat, but I had gone to a press tour in Jamaica, and at the time I wasn't eating any meat at all, no chicken, no fish, no nothing. And the chef, Walter Stabe, he's an incredible chef who's an Emmy award-winning TV producer as well, he is the official chef for the Sandals Resorts, and because they were eating all of these unique Jamaican animal meats cooked in unique ways. I wasn't eating those, so he made me my own custom vegetarian meals. And at first I thought, oh no, what if he brings me something weird? But then I thought, all right, well, how weird can it be? It's produce. He's bringing me a combination of produce and grains. It's not like I'm going to get some sort of animal eyeball in the dish. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to produce, chill out, give things a go. You may never, you you may be surprised what you actually like. And then instead of reaching for Doritos, you may have the craving to reach for cotton candy grapes. And that's a much healthier choice. So choices, variety will definitely make your, uh, your pursuit of a fit body much, much easier. All right. And the next question is one that I think is well worth breaking down for most folks. Does eating cholesterol cause high cholesterol? And the answer to that is no. There's two different types of cholesterol. Well, there's a few different types of cholesterol, but the ones you get tested for and the one you need to pay attention to are the LDL and the HDL cholesterols. It's high-density lipoproteins and low-density lipoproteins. It's important to start by understanding what cholesterol is. Cholesterol is a soft, waxy substance found not only in your bloodstream, but in every cell of your body, where it helps to produce cell membranes, hormones, vitamin D, and bile acids that help you digest fat. Cholesterol also helps in the formation of your memories and is vital for neurological function. So cholesterol is something you need, and it's something actually your body creates. So you don't Increase your cholesterol numbers by eating cholesterol. So a lot of people think if you eat egg yolks, for example, which are high in cholesterol, that will increase your um, your cholesterol levels. That's simply inaccurate. There's two different types we're focused on. There's the HDL and the LDL. The L, and for most folks to remember how bad it is, lousy cholesterol. That's the lousy. The LDL cholesterol, we call them the lousy cholesterol. And then the HDL. DL, the high-density lipoproteins, is the happy cholesterol. So lousy and happy. The L is the one you need to avoid. You increase the lousy cholesterol or the production of lousy cholesterol by consuming trans fats and saturated fats. So saturated fats are the kind of fats found in animal products. Your meats, your dairy. When you look at meat and you see a lot of marbling, that's, trans, that's saturated fat. Dairy products, uh, full-fat dairy products have lots of saturated fats. And that's one of the things I try and tell people to lean towards lean dairy products. The quality nutrition that comes in skim milk versus full-fat milk, the quality stuff, the good stuff is the same. The only difference between skim milk and full-fat milk is that the saturated fats have been removed from the skim milk. And so I ask folks, who... Who likes extra saturated fats? And most people say, uh, no thanks. So, you know, for the most 
part, you know, anytime we eat meat, we're getting some level of saturated fat. But I believe the recommendation is to have only 5% of your daily intake come from saturated fats. If you eat too much of saturated fats or trans fats, which is where they add a hydrogen molecule to unsaturated fats to make it solid, that's, that's the type we get in fried foods. That's trans fats. When, you're, when your french fries are um, boiled in lard or trans fats, that's how you increase your LDL cholesterol. So trans fats and saturated fats boost lousy cholesterol. Now, other than this high number, what does it do? Well, it creates extra excess cholesterol, which now gets stuck in your bloodstream and it builds up plaque in your arteries. So when people have heart attacks because the blood flow has stopped, it is because so much plaque has been caked up in their arteries and all of a sudden the blood can no longer move through it. When you hear people, they get a triple bypass because they had a blockage or several block, three blockages. That's because of the buildup of this plaque. And so, yes, if you eat too much saturated fats and too much trans fats, that is reflective in your LDL cholesterol levels. That's where red flags go off, alarms go off, and then your body has uh, has problems, you know. it's You wouldn't want your the pipes in your car clogged up. We certainly don't want the pipes in your body clogged up, especially the ones that are delivering blood to and from your heart. And so that's, that's why unhealthy lifestyle leads to heart disease, leads to stroke, and that's where these particular products come in. So cholesterol in our body is not created because we've eaten cholesterol. It's because we've eaten trans fats and saturated fats. Now the other type of cholesterol is the good type. That's the HDL, the happy cholesterol. And it helps protect against uh, hardening of the arteries or plaque by preventing cholesterol from depositing on those arterial walls as it circulates in the bloodstream. So uh, HDL cholesterol is created by consuming unsaturated fats like peanuts and um, avocados, the healthy fats. The healthy fats are good for your body. So, you know, I think it was in the 90s, fat-free everything was a rage, and you weren't supposed to eat any fat. Well, no, that's not true, but we certainly want to avoid certain types of fat. So again, we're avoiding the animal fats, we're avoiding the trans fats, the fried fats, and then we're leaning towards fats that come from coconuts or um, olives or avocado or nuts. Those are good fats. Again, you don't want to have too much of those things because they're very dense in calories, but that's the deal. You're not going to get high cholesterol by eating eggs, although the, <laughs> the, um, the yolk does have animal fat, but it's, it's not particularly cholesterol consumption leads to cholesterol, uh, high cholesterol. Does that make sense? I hope I was able to break that down for you. Consume the healthy fats in moderation. Avoid the unhealthy fats, the trans and animal fats, as often as possible. And you guys are already pretty much doing that, aren't you? I mean, I can't imagine any of you are going out for lunch today and having a fried chicken sandwich with onion rings and, um, I don't know, a Twinkie, a fried Twinkie for lunch. You're probably not doing that. You know, if you're sticking with the exact formula for weight loss, you already look for lean meats, right? We're looking for lean cuts of meat loins when it comes to beef and pork, uh, sirloin and pork loin. You're having uh, white meat, your, your chicken breast without the skin. The skin is high in saturated fat. You're cooking it in healthy ways. You're cooking it on the, you're broiling your meat or you're barbecuing your meat. You're not frying your meat. And so I think you guys already have the really good habits if you're doing what I've been telling you to do to begin with. But this cholesterol thing is kind of tricky. So I hope I've helped you understand that in kind of a layman's dumb-dumb term. But avoid the animal fats as much as possible. Avoid the haphazardly fried foods. When you go for chips, ask for baked chips. That's a really simple uh, accommodation to make. You still get to have a Dorito. You're just having a baked Dorito. And you know what happens? You don't get the trans fat in that Dorito. And you don't build a plaque in your heart. And you don't have a stroke. And you don't have a heart attack. And life is good. Yes? Yes. Okay. So did I have, oh, here's a great question. Do waist trainers work? Absolutely not. That's really dumb. The only way to shrink your waist or your butt or your thighs or your arms is by decreasing your caloric intake and um, increasing your output and exercising. This whole thing, you get the Kardashians. 
Oh, boy. So dumb that anyone would look to a Kardashian for fitness advice, for crying out loud. But this chick's making millions of dollars wearing a corset. No, you don't. You can't shrink your thigh by putting it in compression gear or compression pants. It just doesn't work that way. So, no, waist trainers don't work. They just are uncomfortable. It's like wearing a girdle or a corset. It's stupid. Don't do that to yourself. And that was the easiest question I've been able to answer the whole podcast. Um, before I move on to the next section, which is just a few products that I found that I wanted to share with you, I got to tell you that it makes me so happy so many of you get done with your workouts and message me and say, thank you for keeping me company through my run today, or thanks for keeping me entertained while I was lifting weight. That makes me very happy. And I try to produce at least one podcast a week. Sometimes I fall short of that, but that's really a quality motivator for me, knowing that I can help not only teach you things, but make your workouts more pleasant or your travel more pleasant. So thanks for that feedback, and please uh, share my show with your friends, because if they're working out, I would really love to keep them company too while teaching them things. So here's a few products that I really like that I've either someone sent to me or I've bought or whatever. But first of all, there's a company called Doc and Bay, and they make these big round beach towels that are so cool. They're huge, and they come in stripey or zigzag patter patterns. I have one in pink and white stripes, but it's a big circle beach towel, and it's massive, and it's fabulous and just worth giving a try. I posted them on my Instagram account, but I think they're really cute. They're, you know when you get on your rectangle towel at the beach and you're just going to relax, but it's never enough? This big round beach towel is enough for me, and it's enough for my phone and my sunblock and a magazine. It just gives me a little more spread out room without looking like a total weirdo. So I use it at home too. It's really cozy post-bath or shower, whatevs. And then I found this in a magazine. I've not used it, but it's the Polk Boom Bit. And what it is is a mini wireless speaker. So you know how we're not supposed to wear earbuds while we're running races because you have to keep your... Um, you know, you have to be aware of safety things. Some races actually forbid it. No earbuds, period. And then for me, I particularly heed that warning when I'm out running or walking in the city and or bike riding. I really don't want to be on a bike and get whacked by a car. So I'm pretty uh, persistent on not uh, plugging my ears, even though I really want music. So this is a cutie patootie little tiny speaker that you can plug in to your mp3 device and clip it on your tank top on your bra strap on your camelback whatever it is but it's going to play music that you can hear without having your ears plugged it's tiny i really like it i didn't see what the price was um, but it's the polk p-o-l-k boom bit and i think it's a really um, genius idea especially for my endurance athletes or the folks out there going outside to do their exercise safety first always so being aware of your surroundings, being able to not only hear vehicles, but um, an attacker. I actually had one of my friends, she was attacked while she was running. She was wearing her earbuds, and she didn't hear a guy coming up running behind her. Now, thankfully, um, they did have an altercation. They fought. He was trying to rape her, and she fought him off. Um, she got banged up. But because of her earbuds, she really wasn't paying attention to where she was. She was also running in an isolated place. Don't do that, folks. Run out where everybody can see you almost at all times. Be be visible and be in a, a space where you can get help easily. But definitely don't plug up your ears when you're out on the roads. And then the other thing, this is a company that actually sent me a yoga mat. It's called Ideas by Ariana. So I don't do a heck of a lot of yoga, right? It's just not my thing. I do it a little bit sometimes. Um, but mostly I do strength training on my back. I do the planks and I do bridges and all of those things and so a quality yoga mat comes in hand handy whether you're doing yoga or not it just is what it is when you get on the floor you don't want your knees sore because the floor is hard or whatever so this mat first and most importantly is kind of thick and it's really supportive so there's some yoga mats that are really thin it's like why bother what's the purpose of this thing this isn't providing me with any comfort or cushion at all but ideas by ariana yoga mat it actually is a thick enough mat that it does provide some legit cushioning, but they're adorable. They have these really great colors, um, 
and they're funny. The one I have has a fox on it, but some of them have these cute little pandas or unicorns or sloth, all doing yoga poses. Uh, it says namaste on the mat. Now, we've talked about this, and I think the word namaste is really stupid. I just <laughs> drives me crazy in yoga classes when they try to talk in another language as if the, that's relaxing and makes me feel good. It just annoys me. However, these yoga mats do not annoy me at all. And I get the yoga people like to say namaste, so good for them. But I can overlook that word because these things are adorable. So um, I use them at home. My daughter, I just got her a teen membership at the gym. And so I'll be sending her with this adorable little yoga mat. And it comes with a great bag and uh, something worth checking out. So if you're looking for a great yoga mat, Ideas by Ariana, that's A-R-I-A-N-N-A, uh, they have a website, they have an Instagram account where you can just go and check out the yoga mats, but certainly worth your time. Oh, and this is something I should have done to, at the very beginning of the podcast. I have a handful of my hotties who have recently completed half Ironman, and I would like to recognize them. I have Anna Hodling from Michigan, Kelly Campbell from Texas, Monica Faruti from Indiana, and Eddie McCoy from Georgia all have done half Ironman triathlons this year. And what beasts? You know, there's, I've encouraged y'all to make a BHAG goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal, set something above and beyond for you to extend yourself and really reach high. I think these folks have. They're all extremely fit, doing so much in their regular lives. I know Anna and Kelly also do martial arts. They're all really rocking it with their eating habits. They all get their families included in fit, fitness and fitness. I see photos of them running races with their kids or just going for walks or going swimming with their kids, but Ironman is no joke. Half Ironman is no joke. That's a really, really long way to go. It's a grueling swim. Some folks take two to three hours to do the swim. And then it's a huge bike ride followed by a half marathon running. And just think of a, how many folks are just wishing to one day do only a half marathon. And I say only with just parentheses because, folks, that's a beast. It's a huge accomplishment and there's nothing to diminish it. But these four people have gone above and beyond and the half Ironman distance is incredible. So congratulations to you four. I'm very proud of you. I'm blown away. And just to let you all know that all of the things you do really support me and my fitness as well. I, I'm self-motivated. It's a fact. I used to be unfit. I love being fit now. And not only am I motivated by the results because I like having a lean, hard, curvy body I'm proud of, but I also feel bad if I don't exercise. However, you still get to me. And these half Ironman competitors, who've also several of them have done full Ironman, um, they motivate me for certain. But every single morning when I wake up and my hottie page is full of completed news. You know, I, at four o'clock in the morning, oh my God, the amount of people that are up at four o'clock in the morning working out blows my mind. But at 4 a.m. you're doing the strength training assignment I've given you. You've gone for your run. You've gone hiking with your dog. You've gone swimming. You've danced a Zumba class. You you all just knock my socks off. And it, and, and it elates me to think, wow, I created this thing and I told them to do something and these grown-ups went out and they did it. <laughs> so I think, woohoo, look at them. But sometimes I'm the one lying in bed thinking, oh, I don't want to get up. I just don't want to. I want to lie here and be lazy and relaxed. And because of you, I can't. I just ethically can't. I can't fail you. I can't fail me because you have failed. You have, um, you have not failed me. You have, you have done what I've asked you to do. So I get up and I go. And I'm like everybody else. I have those bad days where I think, I don't want to do it. But you inspire me to do it. So to the Half Ironman, congratulations over and over and over again. To all of you who wake up every morning, I've got uh, just, I feel like it's a zillion of you guys. It's never enough. And I love the fact that you keep inviting more people to listen to the fitness show and more people to come join the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge. But I, it feeds me. 
I feed off of your success. I feed off of your energy. I feed off the fact that you're wearing these tank tops every day, you rock stars. And I've got Mel Bishop. Now she's moved into a, um, she's up the ante. She's always been a tank top girl. So she took my insistence on just letting your arms fly free. And she said, okay, I'm going to do more. And now she's wearing a sports bra while she works out. And she looks great. She's rocking it. Melissa DiStefano showed up at my 4th of July party showing her knees that's right folks she showed her knees she has a pair of shorts and what's cute is somebody out of the blue some anonymous person sent her a pair of shorts they mailed and I'm certain it's one of my hotties sent her a pair of shorts and she wore them and she looked gorgeous and fit and happy and her knees were fabulous they were the talk of the party everyone's like oh my god you see her knees what great knees so um thank you thank you all keep doing what you're doing Thank you for tolerating my blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Hopefully it's helpful in some regard. I believe it is. But keep the questions coming. Follow me at Fitness on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And believe it or not, I am posting very different things on all three channels. Some of them, there's a little bit of repeat. But uh, I, I try to diversify. So you won't see the same thing on my Facebook page as you see on Instagram. And you definitely will see various things on Twitter. So... You know, let's let's communicate. Send me your questions. Send me your results. Send me any feedback. Send me advice on new future podcast ideas or a favorite fitness product you have, and I'll share it with everyone else. So, having said that, I'm gonna shut up. Stick around. Listen. We got the Voice of America's marathons. My noisy partner Rudy Novotny telling you all about the Morning Mile program, which is something everyone needs to get involved with. That's MorningMile.com, folks. Thank you so much. Have an awesome day and get to work. Bye. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run